Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning. It's Monday, November 18th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down today's college football news and doing it all within 15 minutes or fewer. On Mondays in November, Trey Scott and I look ahead to the Tuesday night release of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee's new Top 25 There is going to be some movement in this one, we know for sure. Maybe not necessarily in the top four. Maybe in the top four, but definitely on the periphery thereof with some undefeated teams losing their first game. We had Minnesota and Baylor picking up their first loss of the 2019 season. These these teams are these are teams that probably needed to win out. I know some people, including our own Chris Hummer, thinks Minnesota could potentially you know, sustain a loss and still get in if they win out. I'm a little more skeptical, but anyway, we can we can debate it. We can talk about it. And so, Trey, let's just, I mean, how do you think these two losses alter the landscape here? I think it clears things up for a lot of the major powers, and I think we can sort of start, start to scratch off the uh, worst-case uh, playoff expansion scenarios where, you know, an undefeated Baylor is staring at um, an undefeated uh, – Ohio State with a one-loss Minnesota and undefeated Clemson and you know one-loss LSU and an SEC champion Georgia. So I think if you're a playoff committee, you're probably breathing a, a little sigh of relief here. I think Minnesota would obviously still be alive, given the fact that they have Wisconsin left and they would have Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. And do do we think they could win that game? Absolutely not. Um, but at least they're still alive. Baylor, you touched on this yesterday, Connor. This is it. This is it for Baylor. They didn't play anyone of substance in the non-conference um, slate. Uh, they're all all most of their wins have been close close wins. Um, they uh, surrender a twenty-eight to three lead, um, or yeah, twenty-eight to three lead, and, and that's not going to look good on the committees for the committee too. I think this opens the door for Oklahoma to to make a really big push. I think Oklahoma had an interesting Saturday as far as the playoff is concerned because. A week ago, they had barely won against Iowa State at home after surrendering a big lead. Now they do the opposite. They go on the road. They come back. I think the committee is going to appreciate that. And and it's very important, I think, that Oklahoma did not blow Baylor out because Oklahoma beating number three, number 13 Baylor by three points should drop Baylor to, what, 16, 17, 15? Certainly not to the 20s or the top out of the top 25 at all. That's going to matter for for Oklahoma uh, in a few weeks in the Big 12 title game. However, Kansas State, which was Oklahoma's only loss, was was, uh, still in the top 25, and they lost to West Virginia. The Wildcats are going to drop. Texas, which was OU's until Baylor game, OU's best win was 19th. They lost. They're going to drop out of the top 25. The Big 12 will probably welcome Iowa State in. But Oklahoma could be having, again, and we've talked about this, a Big 12 cannibalization problem where there just are so mean so many similar average you know better than average teams with with eight and 
eight and four records and seven five records and six and six records that are better than the record shows, but not maybe good enough for Oklahoma to have the juice to jump up above the Pac-12 powers and and Georgia in the playoff race. I totally understand what you're saying about uh, Oklahoma and the margin of victory against Baylor, but man, I bet there are some people out there saying, man, we have achieved full galaxy brain status when we're talking about it's good for Oklahoma that they didn't beat Baylor by too much because like when they meet again, they'll be higher ranked. You, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. And, and then, and then, and then is when Oklahoma wants to blow whatever number you know, 15 Baylor out yeah. in a few weeks. But I, I do think if Oklahoma had gone into Waco and won by 30, we would have said Baylor's a fraud, get them out of the top 25, Oklahoma has no good wins. So I do think that was somewhat important for them. Mm, yeah, we, we kind of got some validation of that Baylor do, isn't totally out of their league with, with, with the number 13 ranking that they had. Not at all. Not at all. The week. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back up to the top of the ranking for a second. We had LSU, you know, I think you would say it was a struggle for them from an eye test perspective. They did not look like the number one team in the country and giving up, what was it, 38 points to, to Ole Miss? Yeah, so, I mean, 400 yards rushing. We, we don't know how close a call it was for the committee to put LSU ahead of Ohio State last week. And, I mean, there's maybe even some reason to think that they were kind of uh, that the Chase Young's still uncertain status at that time might have played a role in them moving down. So I wonder if you think there's any chance we see Ohio State move back in front of LSU. I don't know. I mean, Ohio State had massive game control success against Rutgers, but is 56-21 that great? Like, is that that is that does that warrant a, a move up for Ohio State to number one? Um, I'm not saying like Ohio State struggled with Rutgers or anything, and it's you know Rutgers has points. Rutgers has had seven points in the first quarter, three in the third, four in the or seven or uh, seven in the third, seven in the fourth. So you know those last two touchdowns came against the backups. I don't know if this is a week to move Ohio State back to one after a Rutger, after a, a sort of a sloppy Rutgers game, but um, the Buckeyes do have that opportunity looming next week against Penn State. I would expect LSU. To stick at one for now, I, I think they've just got too many good, too many good scalps on the wall. Clemson, very impressive, fifty-two to three win over Wake Forest, but I think they probably stand pat at number three. Probably, I, I think Clemson might be making a case as the most complete team in college football. I do think, and, and and that would have you know fifty-two to three. That's just insane. Like Wake Forest was ranked last week. Um, yeah, I I think they would stand pat. I wouldn't. Any other year, this is just far and away the number one team in college football from a playoff rankings perspective. Any other year. And I'm excited for Clemson, and it won't happen in the next few weeks um, with South Carolina and then the ACC championship game. But I'm excited for Clem to see Clemson test its medal against a fellow top four team because I think I think this team um, is, is playing better uh, than they were this time a year ago. And you want to talk about the losses they had on the defensive side of the ball. It simply hasn't mattered. And I know they haven't played many people of note, but they're number two in yards per play uh, allowed on defense uh, right behind Ohio State. I, I think I think we're looking at, and Clemson and Ohio State, those are the two most dominant teams in football. 
All right. So last week at four, we had Georgia. We had Georgia at four, and then we had Alabama at five. So what's changed for those two teams? Georgia beat Auburn. Maybe did not look like. Maybe didn't necessarily look like a world beater, but I don't. I don't know that there was anything in that performance to think that you would move them out of the top four, especially with Alabama, the team putting heat on them at five, losing. You know, maybe the most important player on their team. Yeah, you kind of just think Georgia looked like Georgia, right? Like that's just sort of what you expect when you rank them at number four. They would. They'll stand pat. Let's talk about Alabama. <clears throat> I would be surprised if they stick at five. Would you really? Yeah, would you? I could I could see him doing it and I can see I can like already picture the outrage on my Twitter timeline over it. You know, we we what are you what are you talking about? We won, like you shouldn't you shouldn't take that into account. <laughs> Look, the, <laughs> but, co- um, the commit yeah. the committee the committee takes into account injuries. And in yes, Alabama's yeah, and in, in Alabama's case, that's not gonna help it. Uh, the committee no. took Kelly Bryant's injury two years ago that Clemson lost to Syracuse. They took into account that Kelly Bryant was injured. Clemson was still in the top four um, with uh, when the playoff rankings came out that year and eventually was the number one team in those playoff rankings despite the fact that they had lost to a 4-8 and eight Syracuse team because the committee took Kelly Bryant's injury into account. The committee can't not I – I, I just don't think the committee can look at a, a, a two or less Alabama – and say they're still number five. And I guess that doesn't really matter until they play Auburn. Um, but I, I, I don't think... Look, even if Mac Jones comes out in the Iron Bowl and we're a few weeks away from this and throws four touchdowns, I don't know, man. Like I don't know if the committee's going to put Alabama in the playoff at this point. Yeah, and, that, that, and that's the thing. We have... <laughs> I mean, maybe it's the case that given a full game and full preparation and knowing a, a week going into it and everything for for a big game against Auburn that, you know, Mac Jones comes out and has a great game. But it will still just be one game. The really tough thing for Alabama is the fact that odds are they are not going to be playing in the SEC championship game. And that would be a much better venue for them to come in and kind of do like what Cardell Jones did in the Big Ten championship game in 2014. But not having that stage is, I think, really going to prevent them from being able to make a statement of, yes, we don't have Tua, but we're still still Alabama and we're still fine. So um, That's that's a great point about Cardell Jones. That's a great point. I mean, he comes in there and beats Wisconsin 59 to 0. Like that's, that's that's a tremendous point. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> and, and they and they needed that, and they needed that Cardale Jones to not only prove that he was competent and didn't bring Ohio State down, but like he, he they had to be so impressive that week against Wisconsin to jump up into the top four. No, I I, th- I think I think even last week there were so many arguments against putting Alabama in the playoff. No, not even the division t- champion. Who did they beat? And now it's like you don't even have your best player. I, I I would be massively surprised if Alabama's in the college football playoff. Yep, yep. So if if Alabama drops, it will probably be to the benefit of 
either Oregon or Utah, perhaps both. Uh, Oregon and Utah were both impressive winners over overmatched Pac-12 competition on Saturday. And we're all just kind of hoping that Oregon and Utah hold serve through the Pac-12 title game. And then we kind of finally get to see what these two teams and their finished product form are, are made of here. Um, so, I mean, if Alabama falls, it will... I mean, are we thinking it will be for one of the Pac-12 teams? Because, boy, that's a whole other mm-hmm. Twitter argument <laughs> in, it, in itself. If, if, Yeah, I mean, if Alabama... First of all, if Oklahoma doesn't jump these teams and... Okay, so you think the Sooners I don't know. Come. No, no, no. I, I don't know. Uh, the committee really rewarded Minnesota last week for, for beating Penn State. It was the largest one week... What did you say on the show? The largest one week... One week uh, jump into the top ten, into the top yeah. ten that we've seen. So maybe, maybe the committee was saying, "Hey, we like OU. Now we're gonna jump them up uh, after the, the, the win over number thirteen Baylor." At which point, the Pac-12 is in massive trouble. But yeah, I mean, if we see, if we just see a line shift, um, and we see Oregon and, and Utah go to five and six, and it's it's hard to imagine. Like, I just think the committee's ranking the Pac-12 teams in tandem. It's hard to imagine Connor like. Oregon yeah. and then Alabama and then Utah. Um, yeah, if we see that, then I think we're looking at a Pac-12 playoff playoff team, um, or at least a good shot at one. Uh, assuming Georgia will lose to LSU, I don't know. We have we've said this now two weeks in a row, where we're about to start learning a lot, and I still think like there is a lot to play out. Like I, I like yeah, how, there really does, is. does Oklahoma? How much does Oklahoma move up? Is, and and then incrementally as the next few weeks, as Bedlam against top 25 Oklahoma State plays out, you know, how much do they move up after that? How much do they move up after Baylor? Like, does Baylor beat Texas and stay in the top 25? It, it, like, what does Auburn look like as far as Oregon's concerned? Does Nick Saban get on his soapbox and start stumping? Because if there's any coach the committee's going to listen to, it's Nick Saban. So does he, yeah. is the narrative from Tuscaloosa this, you know, what do they do in the next few weeks? You know, does he start vying for a spot? I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think a big reason that we have, uh, 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 officiating experts on SEC broadcast this season is because it's something that Nick Saban stumped for this off season. So like th- this man has the power to get, to get some things done. So it, yeah, I mean, if Alabama gets left out and, and Mac Jones comes out and plays really, they set Auburn absolutely on fire and they end up getting left out. And I think for the reasons we laid out, it would be pretty difficult to put them in. But if you're an Alabama person kind of advancing your self-interest, then I think you at least have the the outlines of a pretty compelling argument. And that, I mean, we saw it, we saw it with Georgia last year trying to get in despite losing the sec championship game. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I do think there is still so much to play out and like what happened, what are the sec scenarios that play out? Do we get two teams? We still have three big 10 teams in the mix here. Um, so there's just a lot that still needs to happen. I do increasingly think, I mean, maybe, maybe I already thought this, but it is becoming clearer to me now that if the PAC 12 or the big 12 get in it will be at the expense of, like, if if it comes down to one lost conference champion Oklahoma against one loss 
conference champion, Oregon or Utah, it will be one of those two teams, but definitely not both. I think. What do you Unless mean? Something really like it. The Pac-12 and the Big 12 will not both get in the playoffs. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, if one of those two conferences does get into the top four, it will be at the expense of the other one. Like they won't be knocking out the big 10 or, no. or, or yeah, maybe, maybe like, I mean, the thing with Clemson is it's so it. overwhelmingly, un- it's just so overwhelmingly unlikely that they lose. But like if they, if, but if they do lose that they're probably done. Uh, so that's, that's the only reason it's worth mentioning. Um, but so still some things that need to play out. Some things that are like almost sure things that we just need to see clinched. Like LSU still technically hasn't clinched the SEC West. That's kind of weird because it sure feels like they have. Um, but, uh, you know, as as at the end of next week, I think things will be a lot more clearer for, for those kind of reasons. Some of these possibilities will start to narrow. And I think we've already seen it narrow quite a bit. I mean, I think... I think you can pretty solidly draw the cutoff line at teams still in this conversation at, I mean, what will be number nine after Minnesota drops out? Yeah. You know what? And I know we're wrapping up. Like, I yeah. think the most compelling argument here, not, 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 maybe it's, I mean, we love to talk about who's in and who's the top four. Whoever's number four might just get pounded by number one. The, the, are we the, are we there now? Because hold on, hold on. The debate, I think, the real debate here, as far as how it actually pertains to the college football playoff picture, who's number two? Like are LSU and Ohio State, like they're gonna talk, they're gonna like so who I, has to play the who number has three to team play who has to play Clemson. the number four team? Who has to play the team that any other year would be number one? That's that's like. I mean, look, so I, think, I, I respect Oklahoma, I respect yeah. Oregon, I respect Utah, but I don't think those teams would beat an Ohio State. So after, and I'm not disagreeing you, not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but are you telling me after all this talk that you and I engaged in about how deep this field of playoff contenders is and how deep this top four would be and just how absolutely perfect and majestic this playoff field would be in the end that we've still ended up with a situation where the last team in is going to get clobbered and we're going to have another blowout in a college football playoff game. I think, I think we might be headed that way. The good news is the two versus three game is going to be electric. That's the good news. No, I don't know. I don't. Who knows? Who knows? We we're not going to have any frauds this year. If that's what you're asking, there's no Michigan State. There's no Notre Dame. Sorry, yeah. Notre Dame. Um, there's no frauds. Uh, there's no Ohio State team that's going to lose 31 to zero to Clemson. But I think one is going to have a sizable sizable advantage over number ten. I would or number four. It's probably like a ten point line if we're being honest. If number one is Ohio State. And that's that's funny, Connor. Like we've talked about LSU or Ohio State on this podcast. I think, I think I just think number one is going to be Ohio State uh, once the dust settles. So, all right. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, we ask that you do one thing this week to help spread the word about the show. If you need a suggestion of a thing you could do to help us do that. 
leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts would be excellent. For Trey Scott and our producer, Tani Levitt, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.